Joe, have I told you the one about Jesus walking into a Motel 6, putting three nails on the desk and saying, can you put me up for the night? No, tell me about it. <laughs> hey, this is Jacques. I'm Joe. And welcome to Carnival Personnel. That was a joke, by the way, that Jacques <laughs> no, was trying to... No, real, real story. Oh, actually happened. Oh, yeah, okay. he was on a road trip. He always carries it out. Peter, I can see your house from up here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep going if you want. Please. And no, but we no. got so much time to fill. <laughs> well, thank you. That wraps this up. Uh, again, uh, everybody, thank you for uh, for tuning in. Thank you for what few follows we're getting on the Twitter and Facebook. We have no followers on Twitter. That is four. Not- four. We have me, you, Biff. And a bot from Russia, I think. <laughs> we, we, I don't even uh, think it's that classy of a uh, bot. Uh, uh, what is it? Was it paid followers isn't following you? Remember, there was, there was an, actually I got the request for oh, paid followers are now following you. Wow. Uh, yeah, that that made you're me in an feel elite really, class, my really, brother. Really, really good. All right, let's dive right into the exciting news that just broke over the Twitter machine. Uh, Blotus has just announced that this coming week. He is using his presidential power to unseal the sealed JFK files. To unseal them? I thought he was going to not release them. No, no. They're being released. He's using his presidential power to release the, the oh, JFK. okay. Now, here's what's interesting. Uh, on October 26th, they were set to be released. I mean, legally, they had to be yeah. Re- yeah, but he came out today bragging that he was going to release them. Oh, okay. Because I thought that was leading up to the release they were afraid that they being the rational public was afraid that Trump was going to hesitate releasing them or withhold information or something like that. So that's surprising. He's full of surprises that Trump. Well, but that's the thing, the the way, the way it was, the way it read, it's like he is going to use his great, great resources, you know, to, because the people have a right to know type thing. Uh, and, and, and I bet a lot of people are like, oh, that's great. We found, yeah, it was set to be released years and years ago. I, I think it's like, you know, what is it, like the 40th anniversary? Like when it was sealed, it was like, it has to be opened on this date. Like right. it was a scheduled thing for a long, long Well, he's long. also going to use his presidential powers to allow kids to go door to door and ask for candy in a couple of weeks. So, you know, thank goodness he's in office Seriously, to let so, that happen. So, so maybe we've been too harsh on him. Is yeah, there's good things to have about the, I can't even finish the sentence. Fine. No, you can't. But it's like him decreeing that every day from now on will end in a Y. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. Just I use my presidential powers to turn on the light. <laughs> oh, so that, you know, but maybe, you know, we were talking about like sideshows, maybe like JFK uh, assassination like theories and stuff like that with it being released this week is something we should dive into, which has been something I've I've absolutely loved forever. You know, I bet if JFK were alive today, um, he would say, man, I'm old. Yeah. Uh, I had somewhere, go- I, you know, what? I was going somewhere with that and then I fucked it up. Boo. Boo! Sit down! <laughs> Boo! I'm heckling myself until hey, Jacques jumps in. Uh, how, Boo. I, how much? Uh, how much do we want to dive into uh, cowboy hats this week? You, you, you just decreed on Twitter that uh, that that's it. Enough cowboy hats. Well, this week. if I decreed it, then I'm using my presidential power to decree that no, we're not going to talk about David Clark and his fucking cowboy hat talking motherfucking. Okay. Subject to recent. Uh, further information, I will be allowing, as president, 
the long blocked and classified capital letters JFK files to be open. Well, JFK is capitalized. Right. That that part is, but the files, <laughs> you know, the I L E and S generally isn't, but the JFK files is to be, ah. you know. So uh, so that was the exact read and classified, yeah. Well, I, I would... will be allow I will be allowing as president like Oh, like so he maybe he's insinuating that as president I could not allow this, but I'm going to be a good president and allow this. I'm going to be magnanimous. Yeah. <laughs> not as good as your Bernie Sanders, but not awful. But um, you, know? you know what? I didn't see that tweet because I uh, you, you, I unfollowed him. Yeah, as did I. I mean, I only saw it because so many people were I'm like, letting other people comment on Twitter, on his tweets, you know, people that I like to follow. And then I'll just kind of keep up with that because I tried to block him. At first, I blocked him. And then I realized people are commenting on his tweets, and then the tweet itself is blocked, so then I couldn't get the reference, so I had to just unblock him and not follow him. And yeah, Yeah, I just couldn't take it. I mean, Twitter's not fun. I mean, now that you're on there, I mean, I got all the news that I need. (laughs) Well, I mean, I did. It's like it. You know, I never never went on the Twitter. Then I, I, I dipped my toe in it, and I was like, this is way too toxic. But then, thankfully, a lot of the people that you follow, um, uh, at Hold My Beer is really great. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I like Faces and Things. Faces and Things is good. Hold My You beer. had one job. You had one job. That was the other great one. You had, you had one job. I'm also, uh, while we're on a little Twitter jag here, I, um, I, um, I went through an unfollowing uh, as I was going through unfollow Trump. I unfollowed Barstool Sports. Fuck them. Yeah, it's not. It's not a fun follow. No, it, like it's it's pretty. I think with the Harvey Weinstein stuff coming out, and now it's like, it's funny because we know, we've known for years, as adult men, as white adult men, how, you know, gross we are as white adult horrible, men. Right. Horrible. But now that the Harvey Weinstein stuff has made it much more. Of a visible thing, and it's brought a lot more attention to just how gross men are in general, and how disrespectful we are towards women on a daily basis and each other. It, yeah, but it doesn't matter. And <laughs> the planet, <laughs> all all disrespect matters. Is that what you're saying? All disrespect. No, right. but what I'm saying is that the barstool sports stuff was a little too bro for me, right? A little too dude bro, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? Fuck this. I don't even follow. Like honestly, I don't even watch like the. I don't watch ESPN because I don't have it. I don't watch Nesson because I don't have it. Um, no, I'm not. I'm 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 a kinda, sorta, not really sports fan. The 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 sports people that I listen to generally are a little more evolved, you know, and they're they're funny, more cerebral. And honestly, there are a couple. There's two stations in town, and one of them is toxic. What you know, one of them is you know, uh, what was she? Is still? It's a bunch of older white guys who kind of have to. Well, this is horrible, but what was she wearing? I'm not saying it's her fault, but really, I mean, yeah. you know, it's like, hey, if those Alta boys weren't wearing such cute, you know, animals, maybe the, you know, it's like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, the toxicity. It's like, no, no, that that that's okay. But yeah, but I have, there are, there's a, a lot of, and there's some people that I like who have said, it's like, God, I miss when Twitter was talking about bands and funny things, you know, yeah. it's just too dark. Even, even a lot of the comedians that I like, it's like, you know, when Patton Oswald or somebody, he'll usually say something funny, but sometimes it's like, I can't make this funny. This is just sick, you know? Um, Andy Richter's another one. Really funny. Really, really funny, which I just started following. And it's funny, talking about that, 
you know, with I wait this week, you know, the the awful comments, um, you know, truly, you know, what happened with the four, you know, dead soldiers and and Niger and Niger and not saying anything for for two weeks. And then like the media's like, why aren't you saying anything for two weeks? And, you know, different stories have come out. And then he uh, went and he called, you know, the woman. Well, first of all, he, you know, he calls the woman. Um, the mother of the, one the, of the soldiers. Yeah, the, well, the, the, the widow of one of the, the soldiers. The widow, I'm sorry. Whose mother was in the car along with a local congressperson um, who heard the whole conversation. And in my head, I'm like... And I and I, I had texted Joe. It's like he went full airplane. He went the they bought their tickets, and I'm thinking that's not funny. Like I was gonna, you know, you know, I was gonna like tweet that up, and then I'm like, no, that's here's somebody dead. This is a, a service person. And then of course, what what happened? No, I never said that in the. And I have proof. Like he had proof with Comey, and Comey had the best response when he's like, well, there might be tapes of the conversation, and and Comey was like. Oh lordy! I hope there are. <laughs> it's like I, I mean, seriously, a, a character like sometimes Comey talks like a character that fell out of the Andy Griffith show. <laughs> oh lordy! I hope right. there are tapes. Uh, to date, I don't remember those tapes coming out. No, uh, and there's been so many other times where it's like, well, I have proof. You know which tape we're all waiting for, though. Yeah, yeah, the, the PP tape from Russia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, but but so. You know, then the other people in the car said, no, this is what he said. And, of course, what does Trump do? Turns around and goes, well, at least I called. None of the other presidents have called. And it's like, and he points to... Obama and Bush. Right. And then he points to... like, Look, I have... With Bush and and soldiers coming back and and hiding that from the public, that's an awful thing. That's a story for another awful day. But, uh, But he points to his chief of staff, you know, the General Kelly. And he says, he didn't call General Kelly. Recently, Kelly has been credited with being an adult in the office, has been kind of somewhat keeping him bay. And we talked last week that Rex, as much as we despise the head of Exxon and Putin's pal being the secretary of state, you know, at least there are some people who are rationally sane, somewhat holding him together. Kelly doesn't say shit. You know, the first day this comes out, doesn't say anything, but then it comes out, it's like, no, Obama didn't call him. What he did is he invited him and his wife to a breakfast at the White House with other Gold Star families to thank them in person versus making a phone call in which Trump doesn't remember the soldier's name, says, well, he knew what he was doing when he signed up for it, but I guess it hurts anyway. He knew what he was getting into. The body, the wife has Unlike a lot of my girlfriends. <laughs> you don't call women passing by that you just grab and kiss because you're automatically attracted to them. That's the exact quote. But that's the awful thing. It's like, you know, and Kelly doesn't step up and say, well, maybe he didn't call me, but he invited my wife and I to this dinner or this breakfast, and he thanked us in person, and he commiserated in person, and he consoled in person. And then Kelly, two days later, because the heat doesn't go away, comes out and says, well, soldiers do know what they're signing up for. It's like, really? You, you, first of all, by saying... So you're backing that this was this what said what the congresswoman had claimed said was said after Trump emphatically denied having said the awful comment. Hey, you got to suck up to your boss any which way you can. But that's it. At, you know, at this point, and we we said it after the very fine people incident. If you're still, if you know your boss is a white supremacist piece of shit racist, and you are okay going to work for him every day. 
and, and, and some of the arguments is like, well, some people feel they're, they hate it, but they're doing a public service that they have to, that, you know, he's an awful person to be around, but they're, no, no, if, 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 if General Kelly, and then of course, you know, he gets heat for this and Huckabee Sanders, you know, comes out and says, it's inappropriate to question a general. It's like, is it? Okay. I'll agree. I'll concede that. I'm with you. Uh, who was a candidate last year who was saying the generals are doing a horrible job fighting ISIS and I know more about fighting ISIS than they do? Which candidate was that? I can't remember that prick's name. Oh, yeah. Anyways. So when she comes out and says something, it's inappropriate because, as we know, the cornerstone of every democracy is blindly following military leaders, yep. unquestioning. Right. Hey, work for Germany. <laughs> Uh, how did that turn out? I, I, I didn't watch the interview. You that have movie. a lot of problems with remembering facts. <laughs> it's like I'm a Republican. Oh! So. <laughs> uh, but hey, but yet yet again, you know, uh, on happier news. Uh, Puerto how? Rico, how could that be? How we'd be getting any happier? Puerto Rico's still in a disarray. It's still above water. It's barely. All right. You know, barely. And it's like a couple weeks ago when there was reporting that they were unsealing those sealed off wells because of contamination and people are breaking into them because it's like, I might die drinking this water, but I'm definitely going to die if I don't drink the water. Yeah, they've now unsealed them and they're trying to treat them because still you have, and and, and the, the company, now, now I believe in coincidence. This is just, just a coincidence, but the new head of the Department of Homeland Security, um, she was communications director during Katrina. And if there's one thing we knew about Katrina is that the communication between the needs of the people and the responders, flawless. Uh -huh. uh, and they just gave a no-bid, I think it was a $37 million contract to the same water delivery people that they gave uh, during Katrina. Because again, no hiccups with the relief effort during Katrina. Right. Uh, so that's so that's still going on, but uh, on a scale of one to ten, uh, Blotus gets a ten on his Puerto Rico response. Did you see the mayor of San Juan's response to him saying he got a ten? Cruz. Yeah. What did she? She said, "Yeah, he got a ten out of a <laughs> Oh, but that—that's the thing. He people are die people are dying since then you know here's the mayor of the largest city of like 1.3 million people on national tv pleading for the world anybody who can hear us please help us and blotus is sitting back saying yeah i give myself a 10 you know yeah it's like how how bad would it have to be for him to let's say have given himself a 9 i won't give myself a 10 you're right i'll give myself a ds <laughs> Puerto Rico. See, see what he's doing. Uh, we love Puerto Rico. All right. Enough of this fun stuff. Let's get on to the boring mundane. How was your outing last weekend? Hey, man, what I do in my private time? Oh, yeah, we're talking about the secret gay outings. I was that I thinking do. if you're here, I'm and our hand. I'm coming I'm out here. on the air and nobody cares. Doesn't right. that make it our time, Mr. Han? <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little pizza on our time. Yes. How was my outing at the Retro World Expo? Is that what you meant? And 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 your beloved children. Oh them. <laughs> yeah. It was um Your future designated drivers. <laughs> yeah. Um it was fine. 
It was fine. It was nice. Uh, we got there. I, ca- I got to stop saying, ah. Uh. Remember, Joe, stop saying, ah. Uh. It makes it easier in the editing process if you stop saying, ah. Uh. But there are things that make you say, mm. hmm. Right. That's, ex- <laughs> that's totally different. acceptable. Okay. Thin so, line. Thin line. Yeah, we got there in, uh, in record time. Um, we, and there I go saying, um, again, I'm going to, I'm going to say that I'm going to, I'm not editing this episode. I'm flat out not editing this episode. I have to teach me a lesson <laughs> to not say, uh, to speak normally and to get my point across. But when we got there, it was fun. We walked the, the grounds. We saw an inflatable stay puffed marshmallow man in the back because the Connecticut Ghostbusters organization or whatever were raising money for a charity they were all dressed up in, in their ghostbusters regalia in to which i immediately regretted not wearing my ghostbusters we costume. talked about if you were gonna cosplay no i should have that's my only cause is the uh, <laughs> is that ghostbusters costume with the inflatable proton pack but we saw that there are lots of video games the kids really like the pinballs games the old is cool but pinball machines are made like when we talked to robert you know a few months ago he was looking at getting a pinball machine and he was saying that pinball machines are more expensive oh yeah i mean they're than those the retro video like the they're, they're all mechanical arcade. yeah because they're all mechanical um so it's mechanical uh, <laughs> it uh takes a lot of effort to maintain those uh machines we played the terminator 2 machine it was conking out every so often uh we played the new ghostbusters pinball machine which was great uh, is was, it the ghostbusters reboot or the original I, cast who, who i believe it who was, was the 84 the, okay. ghostbusters i believe it was the 84 ghostbusters yeah uh that's that's my story and i'm sticking to it that was fun i got to play a version of pressure luck they had like this little kind of powwow in the middle where they brought in this entertainment group that put up a big screen and they were it wasn't even video game themed it was just like we're going to play pressure lock and then give out t-shirts at the end so i played i got to live out my dream my second dream of playing pressure lock and i lost i got four whammies which means that you're eliminated from the game once you get the four whammies you're you're explaining that to the people listening not me of course who knows all the intricacies of of the rules of pressure lock yes which you're doing right now right (laughs) expertly no whammies no whammies i was the most annoying douche man my kids were watching on i i'm surprised they weren't covering their heads in shame but I was the only one that knew the ver- like the vernacular of the no whammies, big bucks, and stop. You know that kind of talk that nobody else would know because they're in their twenties and oh. never saw pressure luck. But uh, we had a good time. There I go saying ah uh, again. Stop saying ah. Uh. So so. Uh, but you did. It was how many people are there? When you said the grounds, it wasn't indoors. It was indoor, outdoors. No no no. It was indoors. Okay. I I just don't know how to speak English. But we met. Uh, some people, you know, actually, no, but we didn't meet anybody. I met again Pat Contry from the, you know, the the book that we like to quote every, every time the we do Ultimate Nintendo random. books. I met him, bought a couple of DVDs. He was literally just wrapping up. He was like on the way out, and I was like the asshole that kind of said, "Hey, oh, hey, hey, let me give you forty bucks to buy some more yes. DVDs." And he signed I'm them for me. Quite sure he hated taking your money. Uh, right? Oh God, yeah. He probably would have given me forty bucks to leave him alone. Uh, but but did you, uh, you know. Uh, but these are interesting. When, when when I was going through like Joe's finds from the trip, I mean, this guy Pat Condry, these 
DVDs. And what are these? These are collections of his his YouTube show. Yeah, and it's really. I mean, the packaging is pretty amazing. I'm not being a smart. I, I said something to management on the way home from our one date night in like a year last night, and I realized, and I said it to you. It's like everything that comes out of my mouth sounds sarcastic, <laughs> right? Because a good ninety percent is, but the ten percent of time, it's like. Hey, do you want to grab pizza on the way home? Yeah, I'd love to grab pizza. And I know how it sounds to absolutely everybody. Yeah, I'd love to grab pizza. What a real treat for me to have pizza. No, I actually mean that the packaging of this was really impressive. Yeah, it is. Uh, they did, he does a good job. Uh, your line about you sounding always sarcastic reminds me of an old, old Janine Garofalo line where she, in her stand-up she said, I, that's probably why I don't get a lot of commercial work. You sound like you hate the product. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll do uh, a review of, of which, which Joe, just I, I can attest to the review from Joe that will be forthcoming from the Nintendo game that you just brought. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Dino. Dino with, Wars. With a Y. And a Z. <laughs> C. Because uh, when I got here and he was going over what he bought, I'm like, Oh, great. Have you played it? He's like, no. I'm like, well, play it so you can review it, which turned into having to (laughs) unplug a couple things, re-one a wire. I think I tore my ACL. (laughs) You know, uh, redefine the laws of physics, but popped in the game, booted it right up. A little little, little surprise when you buy one of those things and you get it home. It's like, "Eh, is this going to work? Right. Then go figure. Some of these vendors are reputable and they actually sell a good product. So so we, we will get to that review. Yeah, but let's talk about your big date night. My big date night. Uh, went to, I got a birthday present back in June, uh, which was Jim Gaffigan tickets last uh, Friday night. Fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, everything about it, you know, was fantastic. He was shooting. Uh, he's been in Boston since Wednesday. So Wednesday through Saturday. So he's shooting two shows a day. Um you know, so he's going to wear the same things depending on which joke, you know, which funny, his opening act, I was, we were, we were in the first balcony and I'm like, he has really funky shoes on. Uh, what it is, is, and he joked about it. They had plastic coverings on his shoes because they had like, you know, wax the stage to make it really you know, shiny. shiny and stuff for Jim Gaffigan. And they're like, yeah, he didn't want me muttering up all his stage before uh, he comes. Uh, so the great thing is, you know, as much as I, I love comedy, which we talk about and how much comedy I watch on, we talked about last week, Netflix and stuff like that. I'm like, I've seen so much. I can do so many Gaffigan routines. But then when, you know, the director came out and he said, oh, we're shooting it. That's the first I realized uh, this is all new stuff. So it was really, it was really, really great. And it, um, there was a couple parts that it, it wasn't rough at all, but you can tell are going to be polished up a little bit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it was absolutely fantastic. It was all new stuff. Yeah. Um, Jim Gaffigan, white guy? White guy. And that's without, you know, spoiler alert, you know, he's like, yeah, you know, you know, Trump's pretty awful, but, you know. I'm a, I'm a straight middle class white guy. I think I'll be okay. <laughs> yep. Um, and then he said, you know, you know, because he lives in New York, and he, he he goes, I know how I look. I know as I'm walking around, people are looking at me like it's your fault. I didn't vote. You know, I just started walking up and down the street. I didn't vote for him. I didn't vote for him. I know what I look like. I didn't vote for him. So uh, it was good. And then uh, one one of the many highlights. Uh, are you going to do his routine now no, before it airs? But he. Uh, 
you know, does a routine, great, uh, gets a big round of applause, and then comes back and plays the hits. You know, he came out and did 10 minutes on Hot Pockets. Right. Oh, yeah, Hot Pockets. <laughs> you know, uh, and it's all the Hot right. Pocket stuff. Do McDonald's! You know, but but he did. He he went into the whole Hot Pocket thing, like being in a nice restaurant. What are your specials? We have a sea bass that was filleted and blah, blah, blah. And the Hot Pocket. Is it cold in the middle? It's frozen. <laughs> you know, uh, it goes in now, you know, I saw like they have like multi-grain hot pockets now. Yeah, that was keeping people back. You Are know? you like at a Springsteen concert where instead of singing along the lyrics, you're like mouthing along to the punchline? Yes, yeah. Uh, and it was, uh, it, it was, it was a really, really great night. I don't know the last time I've gone and seen like, Live stand up, somebody like that. You know, I, you know, you, you've, you know, you've, you've been to like the restaurant you go to every Tuesday, and you stumble in there on a Wednesday, and it's like, oh, it's open mic. This is going to be a treat for everybody. You yeah. know, uh, so I've seen a couple of that, but yeah, it was really, really, really great. Yeah, I think the last comedy show that I saw, aside from Weird Al Yankovic, of course, was uh, Conan O'Brien's tour when he got kicked off of nbc you saw it here like and you saw it in l.a yeah, we saw we saw it in l.a and jim it was, carrey was the special guest at yours it was yeah yeah which was i mean it's in l.a so it wasn't right. you know he had he had to make a five mile drive over but I it think was we fantastic. got steve sweeney i think <laughs> and I, I you know um yeah it was right at I, I was surprised it was right after the nbc you know thanks so that was uh let me see do the math a long time ago 2010 right so that's yeah, it was I'm oh, twenty to think. maybe even two that two thousand nine, something like that. I actually got a picture of myself with Andy Richter and my management with Conan. Oh, that's great. Yeah, on my Blackberry <laughs> with no it had no like light. Like it had no light before you took the picture. Luckily it had a flash as you took the picture, but I couldn't like I was shooting blind. Like I he he was he was he came out afterwards to meet the crowd standing outside the uh, the building to sign autographs and so he looks at my management and he says oh how you doing and she goes good and she kind of meekly like holds up her camera like she doesn't even say can i take a picture i don't think and he kind of like he looks and he hesitates for like a second but then he sees the irishness in her and then, <laughs> you can't hide that. no really and can't. then uh, so he was able to take the picture and then uh, I got one with Andy, and I don't know why I'm talking about something from 10 years ago. Because we're talking about the last time we've seen live things, and that was great. And, uh, you know, and it's one of the things, as I'm sitting there, I'm like, why Why don't I do more of this? Why don't I go out? And it's like, oh, it's because I had to get my kids from point A to point B, and then from point B to point C, run to the train station, take the train in, management leaves work. I, and it was. It was like a 7.30 show. I will say... um, you know, and maybe maybe we'll talk about this, but I'm moving over this week and next week, and where we're moving to, uh, it's it's still on the line that goes right to North Station, and it was for I don't know the last time. I think the last time the Orange was, Line, yeah, uh, but no, the from from the from the suburbs from like oh, Lowell, oh, Wilmington, oh the, the commuter rail, the commuter rail, right. Um, honestly, I got on the commuter rail at fi- at five o three, and the schedule said oh, five o three. <laughs> it was going to be in. Got right on time. Got in. Like, you know, didn't have to pay for parking. Honestly, send out a few tweets because, you know, that's what us millennials do. Right. And, uh, 
boom, like right, right into our station. I'm like, I forgot how easy this is. I and the last time I was on the commuter rail was in June of 2011 when you and I met with uh, with your kids and my entire family for the Bruins parade. Oh wow! Yeah, but but it was it was so easy. Walked across street, Orange Line, and like it 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 dumps off a block from the Wilbur. Honestly, it was like, oh. We actually have time to go and get something to eat. You don't have to hassle with parking. No. I forgot. Like, I I didn't forget. I never took the um, commuter rail because I always lived right next to the subway stop. So I would always have to deal with the, you know, urine stench or the vomit. Right. Or, you know, you don't get that so much on the commuter rail. Commuter rail. It kind of weeds out the riffraff. It, a little bit, but but it was, uh, it's great. So, you know, when we move like the next couple of weeks, it's nice to know. It's like, okay, if I'm going to go to a Bruins game and drink so much, the Statue of Liberty looks hot, you know, to quote Peter Griffin, uh, you, it will drop me. The commuter rail is a 25 30 minute thing, which honestly, by the time you got out of any $40 parking structure after a Bruins game or a concert, it's going to take you forever. So, long story longer, it was a great night. Like everything about it, um, I, you know, so if I saw this and they just shot, you know, they're shooting the special now, so it will probably be on Netflix in six months. But yeah. uh, I was, I was really, it's one of those things that's like when you go to see a band, you kind of want to hear the hits, but at the same time, it's like, I know all the hits back and forth, and it was really, it was really a great set. You know, I would probably see more comedy shows if I could afford it. But luckily, we have a way in which to earn some of that money. That's right. It's from our defunct sponsor of the week. Make Halloween fun and easy. One-stop shopping at Woolworth or Woolco for your Halloween needs. Costumes from $1.83 to $3.99, like Six Million Dollar Man, Bionic Woman, Superheroes, Batman, Superman, Spider-Man, and a new favorite for girls, Holly Hobby. You can get wrapped candies of every kind, bubblegum, lollipops, fun-sized candy bars. Get this Halloween record, sounds to make you shiver just $1.89. Make Halloween fun and easy. Make just one stop at Woolworth or Woolco. Sale. All that defunct sponsor money just rolling in. Literally rolling because it's coins. <laughs> Dublooms. Dublooms. Actually, no. Dublooms would be a Dublo- Yeah, right. You know, worth a whole heck of a lot more. Um, now, it's everybody's favorite part of the show outside of the New England area. It's uh, it's Patriot Talk. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, so... Uh, the Patriots played the Atlanta Falcons last night. As we know, Super Bowl recap. I can't believe that once again, the Patriots were down 28 to three with two minutes and eight seconds left in the third quarter. Right. Oh, no. Actually, no, you were just I rewatching, just re-watching <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl. Is that what I did? On, and it wasn't even on a device, it was in your mind. <laughs> no, uh, actually, I uh, rewatched the Techno Bowl. <laughs> Techmo. Techmo Bowl uh, recap of it. Uh, so that was, and and really, that just as exciting, inducing for me. Uh, what is it? Ten months later, right? Uh, I didn't think he could do it twice, <laughs> but I, um, I of course had predicted my lock of the week twenty eight to fourteen, and our friend Jim's lock of the week was he picked the Falcons. 45 to 25. Well, he said uh, 40 to 45 points the Falcons were going to put up, and the Patriots were put up 25 to 30. So, so, so Jacques' lock of last week, last week was 28 to 14. 20, 28, 28 to 14. 14. And we know, so uh, 
Jim and I had a bet where whoever was closest, if I was closest without going over. <laughs> Prices right rules. Uh, Respect. The gym was for a week going to wear an I'm with her Hillary t-shirt. And under his Trump shirt, of course. <laughs> and if the uh, the loophole gym if the Falcons had won, I was going to curl up in a fetal position and cry <laughs> for the next 4 days. You do that anyway, though. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so, so that was. Uh, but uh, there, I am with you. The Patriots have some defensive problems. An interesting fact that I was reading this week, because what few things I read happen to be about, like how stupid Blotus is and how great the Patriots are. You should write a song about that. Yeah, maybe you know, one day. One day. So, in the off season, everybody on the national media, the local media. Pricks like me were so elated that the Patriots, quote unquote, won the offseason. And I hated saying that because the previous two years in a row, Rex Ryan had bragged how the Bills had won the offseason, which they did. The Bills had great offseasons. Didn't translate on the field. And but the Patriots had all of these great moves where, you know, the Jets were dropping people left and right, their star players. And Buffalo, we had taken Gillis Lee, Buffalo's number one running back the last few seasons. We had taken Gilmore, their shutdown corner. You go down the list of all the people that the Patriots got in the offseason. They got Cooks for their first-round draft pick. The national media, not the local guys, not me, not Sully in the bar, is 19-0 a realistic thing going into the season. Everybody thought, and obviously hasn't worked out this way. Nobody cooks has sort of worked out. Cooks has made a lot of great catches, but it's for every one great toe tapping catch in an end zone to win a game. He's dropped 10 feet passes where it went through his hands, hit squarely between the numbers and dropped down to his feet. So he sort of panned out, uh, Everybody else has it. And one of the interesting things is so many of the players that the Patriots went and got came from losing franchises and not they lost, had a losing record last year. These players have played in franchises for their whole careers, three, four, four, five years, where they've been chronic losers, where they are out of playoff contention by this point of the season. By week seven, they're on teams that are two and five, three and four with the hard part of their schedule coming up. And the theory is it's like that's a hard mentality to get over. That that games mean something, that every game really means that look, if you lose this game in early October when you were playing with Buffalo. It didn't really fucking matter. If you were playing for the Jets, it didn't matter. If you were playing for different teams, like Cooks, this is his third year in the NFL, and the Saints are a decent organization, or his fourth year in the NFL. They're a decent organization. He's never played a playoff game. Mm-hmm. So not only are these guys don't realize like you know what it takes to win and win consistently that – you know, three years ago when the Patriots, you know, played Denver in the middle of the season, it's week 10 and everybody's like, this game really matters because these two teams are going to face each other in the AFC conference game. Yep. Even though they both had six games left to go, pretty much it was those were the one and two teams. And when the Patriots lost that game, everyone's like, well, fuck, we can't win in Denver, blah, blah, blah. And that's exactly what it, what it panned out. In New England, and this is why people hate us, we argue over which of the five championships was the best. Right. And now people are 
are upset because we're not going we we might not get home field throughout like we're still <laughs> we're still clinging to okay we're going to get a week 1 playoff bye yep. and we're going to play round 2 at home but we might have to be on the road for the and the people who they've brought in come from losing cultures losing mentalities and at this point in the season this is a part of the season where you know week 5 week 6 you re- the you start to see separation. Week seven or eight is where you know what you have for a team. You know people can go down. All that kind of stuff can always happen. But that's where you really get a sense. And when you look at the Patriots' records in November in December, you know Tom Brady for his career is like a 7, 70, 70, 80 winning percentage, which is mind-numbing. Because when you when you look last week, he became the winningest regular season quarterback of all time. Last year or two years ago, he became the winningest quarterback because he had played so many more playoff games. But when you look at his November and December numbers, they're disgusting. I don't get the feeling that they're going to be able to do this because honestly, they have too many losers in the locker room, people who, who are losers. And now people are like, oh, well, Revis is still out there. Maybe you go and pick up Revis. It's like Revis had one winning year. Like he had two winning seasons with the Jets six, seven years ago. But every other season in his nine-year career, except his one year with the Patriots, he was in a losing organization. I don't think he's a guy who turns the locker room around. Uh, sorry, Shaq. I had to do something real quick. What are you saying? <laughs> Well, what do you think of the collective bargaining in the AFC? Uh, so, so that's, uh, like I said, that's everybody's favorite thing. Uh, on another Boston sports note, offseason, again, the Celtics are another team that went out and won the offseason. Um, you know, they made the big trade with Cleveland, Isaiah Thomas, and stuff like that. They went out and got, you know, Howard, who had played under the Celtics coach in college, five and a half minutes into the season. Bada bing, bada boom. And it was one of those things where... He twisted or he broke his ankle. And, and if uh, if you're a sick fuck who likes sick fuck photography, you know, he's laying on the court and his foot is facing the wrong way. It, 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 is, it is gruesome, you know, and it's... You don't usually hear announcers just instantly, you know, sitting courtside say, oh, that's that's broken. That's a bad break. He's out for the year. It's exactly what it was. I mean, it was absolutely gruesome. So let, let's recap. Um, the Patriots aren't nearly what we had hoped. Thought the Celtics season is all but over. And but the- Kyrie Irving thinks that his ankle isn't broken. That that it's you know he's a, he's an ankle broken <laughs> the, ankle denier. The, the flat Earth guy. Yes. Yeah. So for those who don't get like and now he's recently Shut said up, he no no that's a great thing because he recently has said that you know. Uh, Oh, I was kidding about that. I I, I don't think he was. Yeah, like the president's always kidding. Yeah. That jokester. Oh, just can't get enough of that good stuff. So uh, now now that we've got through the – wake up, everybody. Wake up because we're getting to the fun part. Bring. Joe's not what? random video oh. review of the week. We're okay. not doing a random video review. We are going to – We're doing a fully scripted – this has been pre-planned for months in the works – it's in the it's in the box. Oh, it's, I was right. looking to the, the desk. Oh yeah, okay. the, who cares? Dino Wars. I picked it up at the Retro World Expo because it was the cheapest game that I didn't have in my collection, and uh, it seemed interesting because on the cover it has like this shiny Boba Fett looking guy shooting a, a green laser gun. Uh, the laser going through 
the cheek bone of a dinosaur head red, red, red dinosaur right into, which we know red dinosaurs are the scariest they are right but all dinosaurs matter let's they really <laughs> stop it stop it uh we i popped it in real quick as Jacques mentioned before uh we put it in and uh, it plays kind of clunky i don't know it's not very impressive maybe it gets better as it goes along maybe it doesn't maybe it doesn't yeah but but we now know so at at one point it's what do you call it when it's a left to right just scroller like a side scroller side scroller it's very Mario-ish where you jump from this to this. Don't besmirch Mario. No, no, name. no. But there, there might be a gap, and if you don't jump over the gap, you know you, you fall, fall in the pit. Which yeah. now we know how the dinosaurs died. I fell in that pit twice. <laughs> I pressed the A button to jump, and twice, and fell right in. Well, you went through a few screens, and then you you enter like this mechanical dinosaur, and then you, yeah. So it looks like. But Is that where Michael Bay got the idea for the awful dinosaur storyline in the last Transformers, if you haven't seen I it? I have not seen it. Oh, but, don't, don't. Okay. No, but you know, you, you enter as the soldier into like the head of a large you know, behemoth of a dinosaur, mechanical dinosaur, and it shows like a pretty impressive graphic as you're entering, and I'm like, oh, that looks pretty cool. Then it cuts to the actual gameplay, and you look like the orange dinosaur that used to house or live in the Route 1 Saugus miniature <laughs> golf. Like, that's the dinosaur. That's still there. I know. Right. They, they didn't tear it down. They, they're building a complex there, but they left the dinosaur. I, I think it was to clear like a public landmark. It's kind of like an like up. You know, where they built, yeah. <laughs> in the movie Up, they built around the house. Like, they built around the dinosaur in this case. But yeah, I don't know. This game looks like it would be a bad time if I kept playing it. Uh, what did Pat Contry give it? He Let's gave it up. probably three stars. Uh, yes, three whole stars. You, you know you know your friend. You're, you're pals with Pat at this point. No. You I'm gave not. him money and you buy all his products. <laughs> I bought, it. I bought his friendship. Him. I bought his friendship. Uh... Dino Wars, Destruction of Spondylus. Uh, players take control of the Cyborosaurus, a robot dinosaur, and set out to destroy lots of enemy robosaurs to save the planets of the Spondylus system. Um, reflections by Pat Country. Dinosaur robots? This could be one of the coolest ideas for an NES game. What an eight-year-old! What eight-year-old wouldn't want to control a robot T-Rex shooting lasers at other robot dinos? It's just a shame that at all levels, play exactly the same with little differences between them. So, I agree, Pat. And how much? Uh, how, how much did we go into Hawk for? <laughs> so it was get, it was get the kids braces or buy dinos. Right. So this was four dollars, and then and so I wonder card if, only. Card only, it was $4. Oh, did you look it up on eBay? I, I, oh, okay. I was going to see. Well, I, I, oh. I thought about looking up, but I'm like, you if, bought if, it. if it's a dollar, right. you'll feel ripped off. I and know. if it's 20 you'll just go spend that. <laughs> Money will burn a hole in your pocket. Exactly. We don't need to you, funk you, sponsors. You won't be. Well, always need to funk sponsors. That's true. We need to funk sponsors. Or we need, you know, Senator Sanders back in here doing squatty potty. No, nah, he's too or, busy. Or is he yeah. sa saving the world? He is. Oh, man. That is uh but they asked, Dino Wars, stay away. Uh, so, so now we'll we'll dive into uh, my Netflix pick of the week, which, uh, funny enough, stand-up comedy. Uh, Patton Oswalt has a new stand-up, Annihilation, 
Um, I don't think you've seen it yet. No, I have. So you want me to just do the whole routine like I did Jim Gaffigan? Right, exactly. Right? No, well, at least at least this aired. It you is. know, Jeff Jim Gaffigan's routine has not Right. It's coming out in the future, so the future. I've seen. The future, Conan? I've seen the future, Joe. Uh, Talk about Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt, it's, um, it lives up to the hype for about a week before people who had seen it, people in the industry, little showing parties or whatever were saying how great it was. And it does. And it's bitterly sweet at some points because a good part of his routine, he doesn't talk too, too much about his wife's sudden passing last year. He talks a lot about, you know, being a father to a, you know, it's Alice. What, what 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 do you call like a, a husband who loses a wife? A widower. A widower, a widower. What's a child who's who loses? You know, just, no, they don't know. Just there's Bruce, no Bruce Wayne. Anyways, yeah. Uh, and and I've seen we've. Well, yeah. She, is she partially orphaned? Like, is she? You know, like, is that it? Like, if she lost both her parents, she she'd be an orphan, orphan. like so. the poor Menendez, you know, boys. Yeah, those poor kids <laughs> can't <laughs> catch a break in life. Uh, it was great, but it was, it was, it was, well, he's just at the top of his game. He's just one of the best, and he can pretty much be pulling, you know, water droplets, not, not really tears, sort of speak, at the same time, be talking gross porn, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and he can toggle from one extreme to the other and i just imagine that must have been a, a therapeutic thing for him to do at the same time a really hard thing for him to do but his, the stuff about uh dealing with his daughter who he's and it, you look you look at Pat oswald and, and you think this is a guy who's well equipped to you know be a single parent to a small child and uh, it just it was great it's well worth it um it, it might be my favorite or second favorite Patton Oswalt thing on Netflix, and I think there's five routines of his up there. Yeah, but it is. It's classic Patton Oswalt where it's he he because he worked. He didn't work in porn. He worked when he got to I think it, when he first moved out to San Francisco to start in comedy. Uh, worked at a company that shipped adult products and stuff, and he always references, um, you know, having to take that job to be able to sustain his. His waist in comedy and yeah. stuff, but it is. It was. Uh, it was. It was great. It was. It was really great. And again, you know, there's you know uh, a, a little bit of like the Trump stuff in there, like much like when Mark Maron came out and the first thing he said is like, I don't know what he's gonna do next. There was there was a bit of, hey. I'm commenting on this, but don't look to me as having any fucking idea where this goes. You know where this goes next, or sort of speak. Yeah. And it was directed by Bobcat Goldthwait, which you know it's we we we've talked about this you know quite a bit. Uh, you know I could not we we like to recommend other podcasts, but if you I don't know if it's still on the free part of uh, the Gilbert Gottfried the Gilbert Amazing Gottfried. Colossal Podcast. Probably I think if it was if it was in the last six months, which I believe it was, it's still up there on iTunes. That's one of the three best Gilbert episodes. Is Bobcat, who Bobcat, it's one of those people where you realize that's completely an act. Everything about that character, him, everything him on stage and in those award winning Police Academy movies. Uh, I, I I don't think they want any. <laughs> no, I <laughs> maybe Razzies. They might have won some Razzies, right? Um, but but just completely an act. He's a really smart 
you know, well-spoken, well-thought, you know, thoughtful. At this point, shouldn't we determine that all stand-up comedy is an act? Like they're not really like that person in real life, like that it's all sort of contrived and that they're performers. Like, shouldn't we expect that of everybody? Like, did anybody really think that Bobcat Goldthwait walked around? (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe back in the naive 1980s. How about, uh, how about Tracy Morgan? No, I, no I, think, that's, that's, I think what you see is what you get with Tracy mm, Morgan. Pretty, he's about as close to what you see is what you get. But yeah, that's played up a little bit there, all because it's a performance, man. You gotta, you know, you gotta hit the notes every single night, and the only way to do it is to practice, practice, practice. So, so when I was w- trying to work out some bits for a new routine, going off about like you know how awful my life and and management are with me we all know that it's just a bit it is that 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 everything you're is playing a character sunshiny and roses yes and that i have the, the only the only complaint that i have is i don't really have anything to complain about right because again you know what blowed us in the office i'm a straight middle class white guy I, I think I'm going to be okay here. <laughs> <laughs> I heard somebody say that recently. Uh, so, hey, do you have a Netflix pick? And don't um, say Castlevania. We we covered that last week in uh, last week's podcast, which, by the way, if you are listening to these out of order, I don't understand that at all. Go back. Listen to last week's Castlevania. You have the whole realm opened up to you. And... Uh, and including the Netflix four episode series, and there's going to be an eight or twelve, twelve, eight, eight yeah. episodes, yeah, eight more episodes next year. But my Netflix pick of the week, honestly, all I've seen was the Patton Oswalt, uh, and I've wa- I'm watching something now called the uh, Mar- the Markowitz stories, which is uh, Adam Sandler, uh, Dustin Hoffman, Ben Stiller. They're all it's like a kind of those. One of those like quirky family dynamic movies. They're all adult children of the of of Dustin Hoffman, and um, they 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 have some sort of um, story. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of halfway into it. It's a good movie. It's it's pretty. You know, it's decent. I was surprised to see it on Netflix because it looks like something you'd see like, you know, on. I think you'll see a lot more. A quality original movies being premiered on Netflix now that Netflix is pouring billions of dollars into uh, and that's billion with a B and that's not an exaggeration. Yeah, as Jim pointed out to us a couple of episodes ago, that they had like six billion dollars just waiting to waiting to spend on high quality program. But I think you're going to see like a list act like you know Dustin Hoffman, Adam Sandler. You know, say what you want about Adam Sandler in his original stuff. Well, Adam Sandler, there was he has a deal. No, he has been the most watched person in the history of Netflix, and he's kind of off my radar. But the deal that he struck and the number of movies, a number of original movies that they have seen, uh, and how many people have watched them worldwide. I mean, he's. In their realm, he's still an A-list. I wouldn't be surprised that if by next year we see, and correct me if I'm wrong, if we see, oh, I don't know, maybe the Academy doesn't allow this. I think maybe it has to premiere in a, in the theaters in order for it to qualify for an Academy Award. But maybe Netflix could have an Academy Award winning movie in their arsenal in about a year or so because of the quality of because of the money that they have. Well, to spend. I, you think uh, there there were there there has been. Over like the last couple years, I mean, it was groundbreaking. It was groundbreaking going back when HBO started to win Emmys. And now you have more and more shows on 
Hulu and Amazon and Amazon and you know and Netflix, you know, just just completely dominating like the 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 Emmy world. Uh, so by next week's podcast, Stranger Things season two will have aired. Uh, twelve? Are they going with another twelve episodes? Do you know much about? No, I, I don't, don't want to look into it. Right. Like I want to know nothing. Like. Um, what was I know nothing. I saw uh, at the mall they had one of those uh, last minute thrown up in a in an empty store Halloween costume thing, and they had the the big window designs like covering like the whole windows of different costumes, and you got your standard superhero costumes and Disney costumes. Uh, there was, was an, eleven. There was an eleven. Yeah, you know, and she's carrying an ego. Uh, pocketbook and stuff like that. So it was, it was really interesting. But so, are you? I know you jumped on it right away. Are you? It comes out on the twenty seventh. You're just gonna binge watch the. Uh, there, there are long episodes, so I might not binge watch them. But I'm probably I might churn them out over a weekend. Uh, so I guess that's yeah, binge. It's I'll be mini binge watching it. Um, what I do want to mention about Stranger Things, which I thought was cool, is that at Target, and I think this is a Target exclusive. And I was talking to Jacques about this before the podcast. The Stranger Things Season 1 Blu-ray has come out. And in Target, the packaging for the Stranger Things Season 1 Blu-ray is a VHS tape cartridge. Like It looks like an old, like, you know, like you... Like a Stephen King kind of Christine. Hold it up a little higher. Yeah, right here. You know, I'm miming it. Listen, man. Um, this is the way I work. This is my art form. <laughs> you can't. It's interpretive dance. I, I can't hide what's inside. So, <laughs> but it looks great. It was just like I thought that was the coolest thing. And the only thing I don't like about it is that they have those, uh, those d- the anti theft devices. <laughs> <laughs> strapped oh no but they strapped onto them right right and they they, they crimp the boxes oh so when you right take off right the, and you, you have the creases and yeah stuff, which kills the value <laughs> you know the sentimental value maybe yes uh yeah so so maybe maybe next week we'll have a recap of uh of stranger things or at least the first nah, few episodes i don't know no. that's spoilers well, right. but i i am i'm um we got into it late, not this past summer, but the summer before when it came out. I mean, that's the good thing about getting into something late. Uh, I didn't have that long of a gap to wait for season two, but management and the little guy, the oldest little guy, they watched it like the summer before. It was kind of like their mommy and me time together because that's the kind of family that we are. <laughs> like when she would you know, get back from work, that's when we were traveling through France and stuff and and. and uh, every couple Ooh, days, traveling through France. Shut it. <laughs> every couple days, they would, you know, uh, sidebar. It's like we did. We spent the whole summer traveling through France and Italy, staying at the most jaw-droppingly amazing hotels, seeing. We, we saw the statue of David. You know, uh, we have a friend, um, Orly, who's going to be on our podcast, who works in the film industry in France. Um, she's a pilot. He got to fly a plane, like not. Go up in the plane, actually take controls of the plane, all this stuff. Ask him what the best part of that summer was, and he'll say, watching Stranger Things with his mom and balsamic and bread at all the hotels we stayed at, which it's hard not to say that the bread in France was... Uh, Exquisite. It really was. It, it, it lived up to the hype. But anyway, so I just, after... Everybody else. I think I got a notification from uh, from Netflix congratulating me of having been the last person to have seen <laughs> Stranger Things. But our little guy, who you know is seven, you know we we all watched as a family like about two months ago, and then of course 
And Old's like, oh, we have to wait three whole months. And the wife's like, I had to wait two years. You yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, yeah, and I do. I am looking forward to it because a theme uh, for that season that's coming up is that all the kids are dressed up for Halloween in 1984. Which what what anything come out in nineteen eighty four? Nothing, nothing. Not any great movie that I can think of that requires proton packs. So this is now the second reference of Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters yes, per podcast. So, so only we, three, only on. three more to let, go. Let me cross that out. I'm trying to keep track of. Oh, that that yeah. I saw like I got. Don't the, cross off the streams. No, <laughs> oh, shut don't. up. See, shut up. Don't cross the streams is a. Uh, Anyways, yeah, but I did. I saw like that one. It, I was watching something on YouTube, and it was like a five second promo. And I don't want to see certain things, but you all you see, you don't know it's a stranger thing. But you hear a doorbell oh, right. ring, the door open, and the three kids are standing there, like you know, which which is great that they got a black kid to be, so they really were able to round it out. So yes, he got to play Winston. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> I'm glad that you noticed that. That was the thing that you lasered in on. Lasered in on. Hey, uh, anyway. Michael Richards over there. <laughs> oh. Any parenting tips? You know, it's it's funny that you bring up parenting tips and racism at the same time. No, seriously, the two little guys get off the bus, you know, on Friday. And and this, it, again, everything I say sounds like the premise of a joke, or just completely sarcastic. But the little guy says, you know, you know, he says his brothers are racist. I'm like, what? And and his older brother's like, I didn't say that. I just said he has too many girlfriends. And uh, the little guy says, I'm like, that's not racist. He goes, well, the new girl I'm in love with is brown. And I'm like, saying you have too many girlfriends doesn't make him a racist, dude. And parenting tip of the week. Can't have too many girlfriends. Okay. <laughs> I put it right out there to him. I'm like, dude, seriously, you're seven. See what's out there. You know, don't, 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 you know, put all your hearts in one basket right now. Like, you know, and then, Harvey Weinstein well, no, over there. No, 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 no. He can't produce movies. He, <laughs> you know, I, have you seen he's the script? He's not Jewish. Have you seen the scripts he's written? <laughs> First of all, that's A, you know. Oh, great. Now I got to get him circumcised. <laughs> you know, but I do know a Moyle who works for tips. Oh, Shut up. <laughs> uh, what about you? Do we? Do you get a parenting tape coming back this way? Nah, what do I do? What, uh, do you I, tell not... your boys that you can never have too many girlfriends? Uh, or boyfriends. Or boyfriends. It's the year Don't, 2017, let's man. Let's not Come judge. On, let's go. Seriously. What are you doing? Uh, no, I don't have a good parenting tip of the week because, again, I failed my kids by, you know, dragging them away from a family event that they were supposed we were supposed to go to instead of the Retro World Expo. So I dragged them to the Retro World Expo instead of attending. Did, did they go kicking and screaming? Uh, no. Given the choice, what would they have rathered? They, oh, I gave them the choice. I didn't actually give them a choice. I said, do we still want to go to the Retro World Expo? Knowing what else kind of we had sort of a commitment to. And they said, yeah. So I said, okay, I guess we're going to that. Yeah. Um, so I took them to that. My management, I like to say management because you say management. My management went to the family function. My Literally, my like my side of the family. It wasn't like her side of the family. Just like, your side of the family like her yes. or you better? Uh, everybody likes her right, better. Right, So they rather that so, I. I actually did them a favor by not right, being there. Exactly. You, 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 you were a good dad. But they probably wanted to see my children, so I took the children away 
from them. So therefore, I'm I'm basically I'm like Lex Luthor. We'll call it a win-win tie because the boys got a win. They got to where they were going. Yeah. Uh your family didn't have to see you. Right. And you know what? It's like yeah, you know, yeah. we so that, send them the class photo, right? Send them the class photo. You know, there's always Thanksgiving and Christmas there, there, coming. Yeah, up. It, and it's coming right up. Right. How many times does Retro uh, World Expo happen a year in this area? Once a year. Okay. And then how many times does you know somebody become, uh, you know, get like one step below a doctor? You know, like. Once in their lifetime, right? I can congratulate this person. When they become a doctor. Right, when they become a doctor. Fuck fuck with the participation trophies. Call me, you know what I mean? Yeah, when you get the MD, then we'll we'll schedule an appointment. Right, exactly. They don't give out awards. I'm a horrible, horrible, horrible sociopathic human being. That'd be like a sketch comedy show. Having an award show in the middle of the episode, giving out awards for skits that haven't yet aired in said episode. I'm calling it the Sketchy Awards. Right. Uh, and Baseball Card Expo. Right. <laughs> so At the Howard Johnson's. Which, uh, which doesn't exist. Either the Howard Johnson's, where that was shot... Or the sketchy awards, uh, uh-huh. but uh, that was way, way, way. I, and we should, I, we, we should stop being bricks and post some of this stuff on, on the social media because oh, that's yeah, a funny skit. They, they got to see it. They do have to see, it. like the Biff. Biff needs to see this, and maybe you know um, anybody else. Who maybe acts, whoever's standing next to Biff at the time. Biff at the time. Um, so I think that you know pretty much wraps it up. Unless you have any other exciting last bit news that you want to throw people's way, hit them with some knowledge. I think we should all stick around for this week's sideshow because, boy, you are in for a time. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember the last time I've been more anxious about recording a sideshow. Yeah. Um, me neither. So thank you for the few follows. Thank you for the few people who have written uh, reviews on iTunes. Thank you for sharing this on your Facebook page. And by the way, if you have a compliment that you want to make to Jacques on... Uh, listen, nobody on Facebook... I think one or two people on Facebook like me. All right? I understand. I'm an antisocial fuck on Facebook. I don't post enough to our Facebook page. I get it. It's all my fault that I'm not... We're not producing enough to generate the amount of feedback that we're craving... <laughs> but those of you who and I know Jacques isn't on Facebook. So, spoiler alert: Jacques is not on Facebook. So if you and I know that if you know Jacques, you want to compliment him or say something about the podcast to him, you just text him, you email him, you keep it between yourselves. That's all fine and dandy. But then the rest of us, me, the rest of the cast and crew, the rest of the cast and crew are not right. We are not seeing this wonderful feedback. So maybe just you know, I know Jacques's not going to see it unless I take a screenshot of your compliment on our Facebook page and then text it to him or insult. Yeah, I'll take any attention. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Right, it's got you this far. Thank you. But yeah, listen, so even though you know that Jock's not on Facebook and he's not going to see this compliment, or you don't want to be associated with this podcast in any way, shape, or form, you don't want to leave an electronic trail that leads back to your door saying that you've actually listened to this podcast, be brave, be strong, do not despair, put a comment on our Facebook page saying, you know, yeah, I listened, or hey, Stop. Stop. <laughs> just stop. Like, you can't talk. Like, you. this is how you talk in real life, and now you're recording it for posterity? What? What are you doing with your life? What do you want to do with your life? I want to rock! <laughs> 
Uh, so that, and more importantly, do not forget 